0: connecting.
1: Is it streaming? Let me see. do
0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the National Code Enforcement Network. I'm here with Jose Roig, from, live from Pittsburgh at the International Code Council Annual Business Meeting, and we unfortunately missed uh, Ms. Muela, who's also here with us remotely, but she's here in spirit, and she's here on the internet. So before I begin, um, let me introduce you to Jose. Jose is an ACE member, and he is also an ICC member, and he is also the director of Austin, Texas uh code, for, code enforcement division. So with that, I'm gonna ha- hand it over to Jose mm-hmm. and Jose, can you introduce yourself?
1: All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Pete. Thank you, Ceci. Uh, it, I mean, we're here live from Pittsburgh, from the David Lawrence <laughs> uh, Convention Center, uh, home of the, uh, Pito's pirates, you know, right there, right behind us. I mean, home of the Roberto Clemente and they celebrated the Roberto Clemente day last week. So we are excited to be here. It's been a great, great experience, uh, to be here live uh as pete said i actually uh work in the city of austin i'm actually the director of the austin code department uh previously serving as a building official and in other capacities in the city uh last friday was my 14th year anniversary with the city of austin so i'm excited uh it's been a great great experience to uh be able to serve the public in that capacity and i'm excited about you know for the future of the code enforcement industry in our city definitely
0: so, Jose, normally we start off to just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, how you got into code. You know, I know you didn't grow up one day in uh, Puerto Rico and say, <laughs> hey, I want to be a code enforcement director. So <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's a great question, Pete. Um,
1: so, yes, uh, no, I, I, I have some background on construction. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico and I, and I love the design, the construction. I started working with my, uh, my brother-in-law in construction. When I moved to the United States back in 1993, I, I, I was fascinated by the inspection industry. Uh, I actually became the first Hispanic to be licensed in the state of Massachusetts as a home inspector, uh, and I was uh, quickly became a senior inspector in the private sector, uh, doing both residential and commercial assessments, and uh, which is very similar to a property maintenance inspection, right? We have to do uh, inspect all the systems, do kind of a forensic analysis of the building. And then in 2007, I had the opportunity to actually uh, come work for the city of San Antonio. Uh, and that's when I came, uh, I went to Texas. Uh, there's a saying, uh, saying that I, I wasn't born in Texas, but I got there as fast as I could, right? Uh, great state, great opportunities. And that was my first experience with public service. And I got to tell you, Pete, once you got the taste of serving the public and seeing that you're making a difference in the lives of people, there's no there's no way, you know, to go back from that. That is, that is the most rewarding experience. It's not so much about how much money you make or so on. It's about doing the work every day and going home knowing that you made a difference in somebody's life. So I started on the building side. Uh, in in six months later, I actually had the opportunity to, uh, to you know, work in the city of Austin. And uh, there was no, no room for growth in the city of San Antonio. Great city, by the way, No many people there. But in the city of Austin, I mean, they they opened, you know their arms, and uh, I've been very blessed to promote from within, uh, from inspector position to a supervisor position to a manager position to the building official position uh, in 2016, and in 2018, uh, I had a great opportunity to become a, an assistant director for the Austin Code department. I've been working with Austin Code all this time, so I knew the people, and I knew that I could make a difference. I mean, in this department, and I was fascinated about uh, the whole court enforcement. You know, uh, you know, I was I, I I had plenty on the building side, right? And I wanted to to work in the court enforcement side. We had a separate department in the city of Austin, and it was a uh, it was a great experience. And in November of last year, I was appointed director of the department. the, the uh, previous director <laughs> uh, retired. And that's one thing I learned in my career early on, uh, that many people in, in leadership positions were in, the, in, in retirement, you know, uh, qualified for retirement. And, uh, I heard the complaints many times from inspectors, you know, management doesn't know what we do. But it's not until we get, you know, uh, willing, are willing to actually move up to those positions that we can make a difference in the lives of the staff and the life of the community, too.
2: I think that is so instrumental that you say that, Jose, because um, just kind of listening to what you've already shared about your tenure in Austin, I think it goes without saying how much of a positive impact you've had, not just on the community that you're serving, but also the community of your own inspectors, your own team. I know for me, um, I've had the pleasure of meeting Ida Martinez, who was featured as one of our yes. women leaders in code enforcement. Um, I've interacted with uh, Lourdes, and you just, you have a great, Great group of folks, um, and just really hearing their desire, their passion for what they do—it's—it's it's like an extension of you, if you will, because you're—you're paralleling a lot of what they've said. Um, also, uh, one of the things that you said was, you know, you you took a liking and a direct care to the work that you do, um, which then, of course, is seen in your devotion to the work. And I think I always like to say even to Pete, you know what, Pete, uh, folks are not in code enforcement simply because it's a profession, it's a job. They're in code enforcement because they have a direct desire, a direct care and passion for the work that we do. So I think it's, it's great that, um, you know, your journey led you up to this point, and we see all the great things that you've done for you know Austin and the community that you serve.
0: Thank you. And one of the things that um, you you also didn't include Kenneth Rocha and Kishalara, right. who are Kenneth. also huge superstars. Keishalara. And one of the things I was uh, talking to Jose, you know, he has a segment that says uh, code enforcement stories from his 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 staff, yes. and yes. you know, I share those all the time because they're you know taking the time to come out and promote our profession is something that continually needs to be done. You know, here we're hanging out and we're like, hey, you guys are the internet guys, <laughs> you know? And it's such an awesome feeling because we're putting code on the map at IBM. You know, it's it's such a great place. And yes. IBM is such a great place. Jose, uh, Jose belongs to the uh, major city, uh, major city committee, right?
1: It's called the Major Jurisdiction Committee. We call it the NJC uh shorter, you know for short you know uh but that that's a good point Pete. we have to get involved you know being here in this uh in this conference uh getting to know the code you know it's not so much about it's how it's developed you know uh, and and networking with people like with like-minded people right they understanding where the code is coming from right and and creating that passion in your staff you know years ago uh, you mentioned to uh this to me yesterday uh City of Boston wasn't that active on the on the code development and it was you know really in the background saying oh, wait a minute, we are the capital of Texas, right? We are the capital of Texas. Why we're we not involved in here? But I'll tell you what, thanks to good mentors that, that we 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 have along the way, uh, he he was really promoting the getting involved in the code. So that that that's how I, I actually get you know heavily involved in the code hearings. I uh, I was part of the major uh, of the NJC. I believe the NJC is easier, and I became the chairman uh, of the steering committee for the NJC. I'm working with people from uh, uh, Washington, Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, California, New York, uh, Denver, Colorado, Florida. I mean, it's been a tremendous experience, and one of the best things that comes out of that is is best practices. You know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We are facing the same challenges. But I'm glad I was actually able to, to do that, because when, in 2018, when I became the chairman of the, of the committee, then I brought court enforcement into, uh, into the committee. It was mostly about development, building development. And I tell it wait a minute, I'm in, I'm in court enforcement. And I, OK, you know, that, no, no problem. So I brought that, that, that view into the committee. And uh, the, the, the things that we share, the experiences, and, and the, the synergetic uh, mm-hmm. uh, power that comes out of that committee is tremendous. I'm also part of the code development, um, the the code action uh, development committee for the existing building code. Uh, we have members of their staff that was actually working on the on the property maintenance code, and we have people that we we are promoting our our staff to to listen to the hearings, to listen about the code, you know, learn how this is developed, how this is happening. So when we go and explain this to the community, one of the major goals that we have is educating, right? So if you don't, if we don't understand where the code is coming from. You know who who wrote this? How? Why they wrote it that way? That's that's a main, main main you know a key component to go out to the community and explain what you're doing and the importance of what you're doing.
0: And, and one thing that Jose and I talked about yesterday, and this is a beautiful thing about conferences, you get to network. And you know, I have only met Jose on the internet. You know, which is, <laughs> it's a weird thing to say, but you know, um, when, when when I saw him, it felt like it's a long friend that I had for a long time. Because our goals and our values just mesh together, which to me is so awesome to, to see. And one thing we're discussing is the International Code Council, and we should be making videos in Spanish. Yes. And you know what? We're gonna we we pledge to ourselves, and we're volunteering you, Cecilia, <laughs> and Alvaro Nunez. If you're watching, we're volunteering you too uh, to do more outreach for our Hispanic uh, folks so they can understand the code. Because a lot a lot of times. It's ignorance of the code that gets you in trouble, and if we can provide that service to our residents, I think that would be beneficial. And if it's coming from, you know, the Midwest or the East Coast or in uh, on the West Coast where you're at in the morning, where it's noon over here, um, yeah, it's so important. Yeah, you would be surprised I mean, the difference that you can
1: make when you can connect with people in the community. I'll tell you about one experience that we that we have. We we conduct uh, a monthly meeting with the stakeholders and we invite uh, tenants to this meeting so they can talk about their experiences and challenges. So they form an association and, and they meet with us. And I remember the first meeting I had as a, as a director and I, uh, well, they dropped to the meeting, which is, you know, many times doesn't happen. And uh, we had this tenant and, and we had a translation service, right? And he was uh, explaining in Spanish the challenges that he was having in his, in his community and, and they were translating, and I was listening. And, and, and when, I, when I direct the response to him, I actually spoke Spanish to him, and that changed the whole environment right? in the room. He, he knew, you are listening to me. You understand what I'm going through. So it makes a difference, and we had to do that. I'm being, I'm being really passionate about that one. Uh, years ago, I remember in a conference, uh, I stood up in the, on, the, on the business meeting, and I, uh, I told the uh, CEO, uh, Dominic, and, and the president at that time, if we are international, what are we doing to reach out internationally? You know, how are we translating? After that, they translated some of the codes, and uh, we're excited. I think we're going to have some education coming up uh, with, with, you know, several ways that we're working on it. And I'm excited about that uh, aspect
0: of the, of the education. I'm passionate about teaching. And, and you know, <laughs> one, oh, one of the things that we always say, hey, if we, if we verbalize it, it comes to fruition. And you know what? This is something that that's right i'm telling you um jose is teaching a, a class at ace at the ace conference uh at the evolution of code and you know he's uh, he's been putting it together and people if you are attending the ace conference you need to take this course so you know big plug for ace <laughs> you know <laughs> but you know end of the day you know we have such good information learning what people have and want here You know, just even meeting Keisha, you know, um, the permit, um, we're like, let's work on some permit stuff. We need to get the permit text because they're the front line of a lot of uh, code enforcement uh, or building departments, but they're paid less. So we need to promote how valuable they are, just like code enforcement officers. We need to continue to promote how important we are. That's right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And if, if I can chime okay. in, um in in my Latino language, es muy importante para la gente latina que está escuchando hoy esta mañana que nosotros seamos esa esa fundación para nuestros inspectores que hablan español para la comunidad en la cual servimos poder proveerles a ellos información sobre los códigos para que ellos lo entiendan es muy instrumental so that being said when I started in in building when I started as a telephone operator many years ago and I started to wanting to go out in the field and landed in this beautiful profession that's code enforcement I remember um a couple of inspectors would take me out in the field and ride along so I could be a translator for them, but in addition to that, they all purchased a book that was called Spanish in a Pinch, and yes. it was an an, an ICC book. Jose, I'm sure you remember this book, and I remember looking at it and I was like, what. <laughs> And, and I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, we got to get some more Spanish literature out there. So I think it's so great, so great that, um, you know, the considerations being made to provide that Spanish-speaking language out there to really be, as you said, Jose, international, truly be international and have that international impact. I think our communities would be super thankful. I think our code teams and our inspection teams would be super thankful and our building departments um, because now we would have an extra tool to provide them that knowledge base that they need. Going back to something that you said, Jose, that I think is also equally as important. You said it is important for us to get our staff involved in code hearings and code development. And I can't tell you enough how important it truly is. Jose is 100% correct on that. So. Um, being an instructor myself, you know, asking the, question <laughs> of people, yeah, the questions of people, how many of you know, you know how code development works? How many of you know yes. how the IPMC comes together? And a lot of the answers are, well, you know, we, we just kind of rely on ICC, which is great, but at the same time, we're the boots on the ground right? We're the enforcement mechanism. And so it's so important for us to have that voice and to get involved and to say, hey, you know, we see this works. We don't see that that works. You know, how can we meet in the middle? How can they be more structured so we have good enforcement model codes? So that is, I think, great that you do that, Jose, for your department. I think, and I encourage many departments out there to do exactly that to follow that model and really get their you know employees and their field staff involved in co-development the permit techs, right they are the front line. I used to be a permit tech many, many years ago so they have a very special place in my heart. Um, and again, it just it comes together there um, there's a quote by Henry Ford that says that coming together is the beginning keeping together is progress, but working together is success, right? And so the success of all of our departments nationwide and globally comes down the line in the form of being involved and supportive of each other and supportive of our codes. So thank you so much Jose for really putting that information out there and really encouraging that of our community of building industry leaders.
0: And and I'm gonna chime in on that one because months ago, maybe almost, yeah, Jose called me and he goes, "What's your opinion on window screens?" You know, (laughs) and it was funny because, you know, yeah. So you know, and and, you know, I I told him what I thought, you know, and and, you know, it's funny because that comes up in hearings where people make suggestions or make do whatever. And, and end of the day, end of the day, you have a, uh, it's, it's a joke, but end of the day, you, you see like anybody who has passion has the ability to change the code. You know, yeah. you just have to, you have to believe it and you have to have good, good questions about it. Yeah, so. You know, we I mean,
2: laugh. You
1: have, to be, you have to be involved, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I guess, I guess the best thing is like, you know, Throughout the career, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be um, working with mentors, right? You want you you wanna mentor people out. You wanna be a mentor. Because the same way they did with me, I wanna do with the staff that I have. And uh, one of the things that I learned uh, with my mentors like, get involved, get to network with the people that are making the difference out here in the codes. Uh, with the with the MJC, one of the items that I put in the agenda, and I'm gonna be working next year, is uh, a best practice for. Jurisdictions to get their voting members, not only to get involved, and Ceci, this is a good point, getting involved, but understanding what they're voting on, right? Yes, uh, the, yes. You know, like like big cities, we have 12 votes here and 12 votes over there. We make a difference after the hearings are finished uh, this week, we're going to have an opportunity to actually vote on those codes. So yes. eventually, what is put in the box is what the yes. membership wants, right? So yes. understanding. You know, how do you engage your staff so they can understand what they're voting on, so they can understand the code, the impact that it makes? And yeah, I mean, the, that, that screen uh, proposal. <laughs> it didn't <laughs> went through. I, yeah, thank you, Cecilia. <laughs> She's like, <"Whoa."
0: laughs>
1: but I got I to tell you, let me tell you about that, because it actually brought the attention of the industry. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I talk to the industry, okay, so you want you want that in here, but you don't have this requirement in any other code. So now for the next cycle, they're gonna look at the other codes where it needs to be. So that that's a good thing. You bring attention to something, you have that conversation, and that's what it's all about.
2: Yeah. And you know, uh, it, I, it, I for, think
1: it's important
2: for our audience that is out there watching us, um, we share a little laugh because um, I sit on the code hearings committee and Jose brought forth his his screen proposal. And I, I had an opinion about that. Not that my opinion is the end all of, of what gets decided, but but it also goes to say that As professionals, as industry leaders, we get to interact with each other, right? We we get to see perspectives, we get to see Jose's perspective, my perspective, and work from there and see how that works overall for everyone. So it was it was a really good interaction that we had. And also at the same time, it's great to be able to listen to those things and bring attention for them. So that's why we had that little chuckle, because it's good to be able to have that back and forth for sure.
0: So this is a unique setup that we have. So I'm, you know, I'm going to step away and I'm going to read some of the comments because I see comments coming in. And so, I, you know, I want to make sure that we get comments okay. on, on what's going on. So go ahead and have the conversation. No, and and, and that, that's a
1: good point that Cecilia brings, you know, but it's, it's about it's about getting involved. And when yeah. when you do that for the staff, I mean, they know that you actually care for them. One thing that that happened in this uh, in this conference, Ceci, uh, we were actually at the launch uh, meeting and they were talking about leadership. You know, it's like, you don't need to have a title to be a leader, right? Anybody can be a leader in the department, but having a type of leadership that you actually care about the people first. For the past year and a half, since March of 2020, our lives changed tremendously. That we went to this virtual environment. We went to working, teleworking, right? And, right. Uh, and we have seen the challenges that our staff is facing. One thing that I'm doing in my department as, uh, as we actually do town hall meetings and, and department wide meetings, we're talking about resiliency. We're talking about surviving and thriving. You know, making sure that you take care of yourself. You know, uh, understanding the challenges that we're facing. When are we going to go back to normal? If it's any normal out there, uh, I don't know. Uh, but we have to be flexible. We have to take care of our people. You know, we, we have learned we can, do, we can do work in different ways. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it's been an interesting uh, year and a half, to say the least. I, mean, I know it's been challenging with many losses too. But uh, we have—we're we, learning. We are—we need to be adaptable. We, but people need to know that, that you are, you know, interested in the, in their behalf. And uh, when you when you get them involved, when you get them, you know, uh, them to make decisions. And, and you know, it's just an amazing thing. So, uh, having the opportunity to actually lead a department of uh, 152 people, uh, we had about 60, 70, about 70 guys in the field. I mean, we we are a big department. We handle uh, property maintenance. We handle neighborhood uh, abatement, uh, both commercial residential. We do, uh, our department is kind of unique. We do uh, licensing of hotel, motels, uh, short-term rentals. We, we have a repeat offender program. We have many, many things that, and that's what I'm excited about the class because the class talks about evolution of the code enforcement responsibilities. And uh, I was telling Pete, I, I think we have an identity crisis in, in the code enforcement industry. We don't We don't really, it, there's not any standard, right? There's no, oh, code enforcement should be this and it should be structured this way. <laughs> we see that you know, police department, animal control, solid waste services, development services. We see uh, a standalone department. So I, I, I think that now after, I, I, I've seen an evolution in the last 10, 12 years, we cannot get into a point that we need to really uh, uh, you know, raise the profile of our industry and, and, and explain how important we are. We are essential. We, we never stopped working during this pandemic. And we took on many of the responsibilities that we never had before. So our right. staff was out, outside the comfort zone, right? It's like, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't do enforcement for masks or occupancy, you know? So we, we've seen that. So we need, to, we need to keep that in mind when we actually continue to promote our, our industry that
0: we're doing yeah and i think yeah one of one of the things that we also talked about was you know that that (laughs) topic of like oh that's another department i'm like no we're the (laughs) problem solvers that's who we are we've always been the problem solvers and brings me to an interesting another plug cool so um you know we created the standards and codes academy because we understand that it's so broad because you have folks that will tell you oh no Building has no place in code enforcement, mm-hmm. and then some people that will tell you, "Hey, all your all your um, all your tenants are trying to kill you." No, people want to be served. People want to be helped. You know because sometimes they don't know, and you know that's one of the reasons we created this whole organization as the Standards and Codes, and you know, and we get to have finally our first in live conference in the city of Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Mr. Roy opened his arms and said. Come on in, and that's where we're doing it. Yes. So, yep. And he will be teaching a course. He just got volunteered <laughs> right now. <laughs> you know, so this, this, this is an awesome instructor in our own right. But that's one of the reasons why we got together and created created that 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 organization. You know, it, we're all different individuals. We're not one. We're not one. You know, we just we're, we we kind of like to say kind of like the Avengers. You know, yeah. we're all our own, doing our own jam and Sometimes, guess what? There's a big problem. Let's put it all together.
1: It's about people that are passionate about what they're doing. I mean, you have to have a passion for this. It's not, you know, you're not going to become a millionaire with this, you no. Know? But it's the passion to serve the community. And uh, one thing that I learned uh, when I was progressing in my leadership uh, career, <clears throat> I, I didn't understand uh, the concept. I didn't, I didn't knew the name of the concept, but I immediately recognized that I was a servant leader. And when I when I learn about that, it's like, wait a minute, this is this is who I am. This is the type of leadership that I have. And I understood the weaknesses and, 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 and the strengths, you know, how to deal with, you know, with that with that type of leadership, uh, because sometimes servant leaderships, you know, we we tend to neglect ourselves, you know, putting people in front of us. Uh, but, you know, took care of that one. But I think that that's a key uh, when you actually serve in the community, when you're actually passionate about what you're doing. That's that's the key right there. And it's about training. You know, and, and I love what you guys are doing because you're bringing quality training. I mean, right now I have never seen it like I've seen it now. I mean, this this broadcast, the 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 things that you're putting out there in the internet. We are, you know, you guys you guys are really doing a great job to promoting, and that's why we actually put the videos about uh, the code inspectors. You know, tell us about your experience. You know, tell us you know a case that you handle. How how do you handle that case? And uh, one of the things uh, that we did in the department uh, a few years ago was to create a code academy. You know, We wanna make sure that when we put people out there in the community, they know what they're doing. So it actually became a best practice that we put in the NJC, uh, but you have to invest in your people, not only in training, and I will tell you this to executives that are listening and managers, you have to invest. You have to give them the best that you can, the best equipment so they can do the work out there, the, the best training you can get. You know, Put some money aside. For this conference they need to come to the conference they need to they need to learn about this community
0: even if they're just inspectors you know they they need to learn about this and and speaking to a lot of like-minded individuals you know the ideas that spawn out of this place it's amazing i mean i'm telling you if if anybody that knows me and knows how crazy i am to like all these ideas (laughs) look you're laughing dude that's another inside joke my mind is going at 100 miles an hour and i'm like we're gonna do a Latino thing, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, you know, poor Rachel's over there at her hearings, but she's like, I'm invested in the kids and code enforcement thing that we're doing with Fiona the Fox, you know? And, and she's like, that's <laughs> my jam. I'm like, hold your horses there, know, You know, she's here, you know, we're like, hey, she was gonna go over here and um, do our interview. I'm like, Ceci's not here, but then Ceci's here. So it worked out perfectly. So <laughs> it's awesome. And, you know, I, I'm telling you, the energy here, this is my first time at IBM, and Cecilia told me, the energy is just crazy. It's, and it's even crazy that I get to network with guys like Jose. You know, it's like, wow. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's just amazing. I'm, I'm in awe of Jose.
2: Yeah. Well, it's like I was telling Pete, you know, Pete, and I I let Rachel know as well. I said, take it all in. I'm telling you, um, I I can't stop saying enough that when I first went in, I was like a a little kid at a candy store, because I really was. I was so completely, just immensely wowed by everything that was going on. And you know what? You know what it was? It wasn't so much that ICC does great things, you know, as far as getting the network base, but it was the direct care of the family that you're walking into. Everyone was so nice. Everyone was so welcoming. Hey, how are you? This is who I am. Let me know if I can help. Everyone's rooting for each other. Everyone's rooting for each other to succeed and to work together. And I think that that is exactly why Jose you know, recommending for folks to send their staff to these is so instrumental because it breathes life into what you're trying to do as far as your own profession, your own job. And so the one thing that that COVID did was it made us understand how resilient we truly are. But part of that resiliency comes from having those network base, right? Having that strength in your family, your your industry, building industry family, having supportive managers like Jose, supportive colleagues, having ICC there to rely upon, hey, you know what? We just got you know, thrown in at a left field, let's figure it out together. So yes, if you can make it to ABM, please, please do. Please send your staff, let them go and experience that. Let them see what it all really is about. Um, And it truly is a direct care for the communities that you serve. So yeah, we wear many, many hats. And I think, um, you know, Jose, you were talking about the videos. The videos are so important because I had one city manager who I had the honor of presenting before and talking to him a little bit about who I was. And the one thing he said to me was this, and it never escaped my mind. He said, you know what, Cece? Every time we hear about code, it's always complaints. It's always you need more money. It's always you don't have enough staff, you know. But when you came in, you gave us a different perspective. You said, Look at the great things we did. Look what we fixed over here. Look how we gave back to the community. Look what we're working on now. And I think that when we do the outreach and we li- uh, literally let people know who we are as people, as humans, right? Because we're not robotic, we feel. You know, we want to see people succeed and thrive when they really get to know what we're about, what we do, and our direct care. Yeah, it does things to people. It gives them a different perspective, and so yeah, that is so important to do, for sure.
1: Yeah, and that, that that's a great point, Ceci, because you have to be, I, and I and I tell my staff all this time. Uh, you know, years ago, there was a culture about ah, oh, we don't want to connect with the community. We don't want to open up, you know, too much of it. It's like, no, we have to be transparent. Not yeah. only do we have to be transparent, we have to be honest. And they need to understand what we're doing. If we have a challenge, let's let's talk about it with the community. And we yeah. did that. I mean, it's interesting that, that even during the pandemic, we have more engagement with the community that we ever had before. <clears throat> and I know, I mean, I, I think it was actually easier because we have this virtual meeting. That we invited the community to actually join, and and we started doing these monthly meetings with advocates and and stakeholders, and you know that when once you do that, they they go around and they talk to the city council and, and things like that, and and when they understand, I mean, I remember one meeting that I had with with the stakeholders where they wanted to know about the budget. So I said, you know, hey, here it is. How, this is how we're using the money that you are, you know, that you are giving us, you yeah. know, and. uh after that meeting they were like wow we never had an, an experience like this we never understood until now and after that they were advocating for code to the to the mm-hmm. to their politicians so you know that's a great point they need to understand who you, who we are and when you get yes you get a lot of complaints but when you get that email that that <laughs> it, we get you get that positive email that comes out once in a while just highlight it you know I uh we have a session on our meetings that we do uh and a quarterly meeting is called mission moments. And what we do before the you know, when we had the whole department, we started reading these emails that we get from customers because they need to know that they need to know that they're making a difference. And even though you 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 get more complaints because people are mad, because you're telling the oh, you have to fix this and that, you do get those, you do get those positive emails, and even people that say, Well, you know, your inspector was here. And uh, thank you because I didn't know that I couldn't build this without, a, you know, uh, uh, without a permit. And I and he took the time to explain to me why, and, and he was uh, uh, patient with me, and, and he he told me where to go, you know, to actually fix this. So when we get those emails, I mean, highlight those, highlight the staff, and and, and make sure you have that communication with with the people that make policy uh, changes.
2: Yeah,
0: I hundred percent agree. Absolutely, I,
1: I
2: think a lot
0: of community. Yeah, a lot of communities, that well, they lack that understanding that you have to, you know, we're always considered the messenger of bad news. That, that's what we are. <laughs> but it doesn't mean the message has to be delivered in a tone that's not welcoming. Yes. You know, and a lot of times you have to take the time and educate the public on what it is that they're doing. And, you know, going back to the whole Hispanic thing, you know, um, you know, when I, a lot of the uh, presentations, of, you know, and I say, uh, soy el que en fuerza los códigos, they're like, what is that? I go, okay. And then I would have to say, okay, every single hand goes up. I go, yo soy la ciudad. <laughs> they 100% understand that. It. It's the funniest thing. And, but you have to deliver the message. And it's funny because that breaks the ice and they always ask questions about, you know, oh, you know, I, I got wrote a, written up for garage conversion. You know, uh, you know, uh, somebody was selling food and the, the city came by. And it's explained to them, hey, there's health standards. I mean, if if the city or jurisdiction allows it, you can pull a permit. And this is another thing that we are going to circle back on and say, how do we help the resident comply? And that's, yeah, we, we can, you know, promote code enforcement and how awesome we are. But we also have to go back and say, hey, how do we help you resident do this? And that's another component that's missing. And that's something that we've taken on to say, hey, let's do this. Yeah, I mean
1: we have a we have a a mission in the Department of uh, the City of Austin is to build a better and safer Austin, and I it says together you know through code education, collaboration, and ultimately enforcement, and I and I often present that vision to uh, stakeholders and staff and I let them read it and I say what is the most important word in that whole statement, and they go oh you know building and safer and. I said, no, the most important word is together. We are in this together. It's, it's, it's what we do, how we're going to do it, but we want to do it together. We want to work with the community and education is a big part. You know, it, people, sometimes people, uh, I say they violate the code because they don't know the code. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you don't know something. So when you go there and explain, you know what? Well, that fence is, is a little bit higher than what the code allows and we have this weird, know city of austin and and many major cities have this weird uh land development codes right sometimes and uh we we have to enforce it we are out there and we get the complaints from the neighbor you know and uh oh you know my neighbor has you know uh the yard you know and and things like that so we have to go out there and communicate with the people and uh but that's the main thing educate you know have that conversation communication uh a few years ago in people it was so hard to it was so hard to access an inspector after they went to your home. So we improved that too. We, we issue cell phones. You know, we allow people to text them, the inspector, to communicate with the inspector directly. So that communication has, has gone a long way because that's what you want to do. You want to talk that, to that person that is getting that complaint and having that issue. So you can explain how you're going to fix it. That's the ultimate goal. I don't want to take you to court. I don't want to take you to an hearing. I don't want to take you to, to building Santander Commission. That's not my goal. My goal is that you fix it so you can make the community better.
2: Yeah, you're right. exactly. Exactly. And maybe, what? Exactly. What you said is breaking it down in that regard. Um, yes. One of the things is when we're out there and we know that there's going to be a violation letter. Instead of walking away and letting that violation letter show up, you could always say, "Hey, listen. Just know that you're going to get a letter in the mail. It, it's it's going to sound a little rough. Notice a violation. Notice an order. Whatever it may be, but please know it's formality." Right? You and I have already spoken. We're going to work together. And that way, when they get that notice in the mail, they're not thrown off and they say, oh, my God, trouble!" You know, Look at this rough letter that says violation or notice in order. You're already kind of prepping them for it. You're explaining to them its formality. It's part of the process. But we've already spoken. So I think that exactly what you said is an instrumental being able to really break it down to say, I know it's, you know, it's probably not something that's desirable, but, but these are the codes. And that's right. We're here. Let's figure it out together, you know, versus we've got to do it. <laughs> it's a different feel when it, when it you know, the delivery plays a huge part. The delivery okay. and education
0: well when you do deliver you know sometimes the appearance of you coming you know how you knock on the door we pound on the yeah. door if you're yes. the doorbell you know it, it makes a big difference. And, makes a difference you know and i always say look you the way you present yourself is a representation of the city because some of these folks will never ever deal with the city unless they do something with code enforcement and you know they didn't seek us we sought them you know, and, and when you come up to them, you can't expect them to know the code. I'm like, sir, ma'am, can I see your copy of the IRC so I can point out your uh, your violation? You know, it doesn't happen like that. It, right. It doesn't, right. You right. know, you have to like you have, and not only that, but you have to bring it up to a level where they understand. And, yeah. you know, for anybody that's, you know, doing the the uh, seeing the videos on the tutorials on the doodle videos that I've done, you know, it explains something. OK, you can't keep your trash cans out there because you can attract wild animals. You can't save parking spaces. You can't, you exactly. know, you, you're you attracting scavengers into your neighborhood, people that may look for identity theft or, or see what kind of new TV you bought. You know, you know, it's it's advertisement for. And it's just sometimes, it, you know, people that scavengers recycle and throw trash on the floor. It's important to tell somebody because if you go somewhere and, hey, your trash cans are <laughs> here and you're in violation of Section 123.7 yeah. of the uh, Austin Municipal Code, are oh, you going to get a ticket? <laughs> You know if you don't put them in that's the wrong that's the wrong way target to you know and just to and here's another plug there. i'm plugging away today so um one of the things that we introduced here you know we have a free uh field training officer module that is free for anybody if you don't have uh resources and you just want to learn just email me it's uh p at fourleafinc.com and we'll send you a free 20-hour module which includes on how to present yourself how to talk um, you know, I do the uh, documentation, the the one-hour course. It's actually a two-hour course for report writing and documentation. It just gives you basic samples of what you can do. And you know, a lot of juries, like for me, the way I learned code enforcement was I took a ride along with each inspector for two days, and then and then they put me out in, into the uh, mm-hmm. into the field. And I'm like, okay. And you know, and 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 now that going back, those those weren't the best. Ins- <laughs> inspectors ever, yeah. but you know what? I learned from, you know, the blind following the blind.
1: And, I, and that's a good point because, uh, throughout the career, you know, we, we experienced different type of leadership management. And I always say that you always learn from everybody, right? Maybe what to do, what not to do. You take the positive, you put outside the negative, but it's a good experience to actually do that. But I understand that many, many jurisdictions may not have the resources, you know, uh, Oh, I don't have I don't have the budget to have a training program. I don't have I don't know how to do it. I mean, I'm new to this. So look out. I mean, just reach out to people like Pete, you know, and Cecilia, myself, look out and ask, you know, you know, that, that's a that's a good thing about the networking and the and the dealing with the major cities. We can share those experiences. We don't have to reinvent yeah. the wheel and we can actually help you, uh, you know, build the resources and, and, and things like that. But that's a great thing. One, one thing that we learned through this uh, pandemic, Pete, and I, and I think that is important is uh, we, we need, we we had to reprioritize many ways, right? Uh, all of a sudden we were like tasked with uh, enforcing COVID orders that we never done before. Uh, we had to reshift the services in the department. Uh, so it, it, it was, uh, it's, it's been, we're not out of this yet, right? We are, you know, a year and a half on this. We've seen the, the uh, the, the data, COVID-19 cases going up and down, staff feels, you know, sometimes, you know, people say, oh, you know, teleworking, and it works. You know, they, we keep doing some of the work, the administrative staff is working from home, and they're doing the work, but this is not the normal, right? Uh, so we, we, have to, we have to be mindful of that. Uh, and we, you know, understanding the political environment and all the challenges that we're facing with COVID-19 I think that it has brought to light that code enforcement is essential in the cities. They need they need a department.
2: Well, um, I think we froze a little, but um, I'm still (laughs) live. I'm still here. We're going to wait for Pete and Jose to come back on, you guys, but I uh, hope that you guys have been enjoying this broadcast and all the great information coming straight from the annual business meeting for ICC in Pittsburgh. Um, For those of you that are there, I'm hoping that you're having a blast and really taking it all in and really learning to, you know, um, network and get all that good info and contacts from all the awesome professionals that are um, attending the annual business conference. as we wait for them to come back on, and hopefully they do, I'm sure they'll share some more information. But as Jose was saying, if you are in need of some additional resources, would like you know it, to discuss processes, how to move your department forward, how to streamline your inspections, um, you have questions about how to maneuver through the age of COVID, yeah, definitely feel free to reach out to Jose Roig of City of Austin. Uh, or Pete Roque over at uh, Four Leaf, or even myself, I'm at the city of Santa Rosa, we'd be more than happy to help out in any way, any way that we can in assisting you with any resources that we may have available. So with that, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up. I don't know that uh, Pete and Jose are going to be able to make it back on, but we definitely appreciate y'all being with us this morning, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your morning Uh, for those of you attending abm we hope that you enjoy the rest of your abm experience to include the banquet tonight should be pretty remarkable Um, so everyone take care and we'll chat soon